Psalm 32. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin in the Lord does not count against him, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away, through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped, as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you, while you may be found. Surely the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the man who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. Galatians 3, verse 19 to 29. What then was the purpose of the law? It was added because of transgressions until the seed to whom the promise referred had come. The law was put into effect through angels by a mediator. A mediator, however, does not represent just one party, but God is one. Is the law therefore opposed to the promises of God? Absolutely not. For if a law had been given that would impart life, then righteousness would certainly have come by the law. But the scripture declares that the whole world is a prisoner of sin, so that what was promised, being given through faith in Jesus Christ, might be given to those who believe. Before the faith came, we were held prisoners by the law, locked up until faith should be revealed. So the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. Now that faith has come, we are no longer the supervision under the supervision of the law. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters, good to see you all, to be here. Some new faces for me, some known faces. I'm happy that we can join you after a long time, send the greetings from my wife. Unfortunately, she couldn't come. Um, and uh, she will have an operation this week. Uh, actually, we can pray for her maybe during a prior time, uh, which is uh, not a big operation, but it will uh, um, affect uh, life for a couple of weeks. I want to share the word of God with you from Galatians 3, verses 24, 26. Um, I, I read these uh, again. 24. So the law was our guardian until Christ came that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So 
in Christ Jesus you are all children of God through faith. The theme of the sermon is this, the law binds and Christ sets free. Actually, my opinion is that we live in a curious time, uh, in a contradictory world. For example, it's striking how many people in our part of the world, anyhow, uh, have lack of time, while everybody should have plenty of time. When I was young, when I was around uh, 10 or so, um, people did not have washing machines, they certainly didn't have computers or printers, and a lot had to be done by hand. Now we have a lot of time-saving instruments and machines, but the strange thing is that right now so many people feel rushed, experience uh, stress. Why is that? Why so many people are tired these days and, 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 and many already experience burnout at a young age? That's in our society, in the Dutch society, but I think a common feature in a Western society. And as we know, tiredness creates inner resistance and tension. We cannot be what we want to be. It's remarkable. Uh, it keeps me thinking uh, a lot. We seem to be ruled by all kinds of hidden demands that make us tired and restless. Think about, I, I will mention some of these requirements, the requirement to look good, especially in the social media. Um, the requirement to give a perfect picture of yourself on Instagram. I am not on Instagram, but I know from my grandchildren uh, the problems that, that come through that. Um, also that you have to distinguish yourself in your work, maybe in your study. I guess there are several PhDs here uh, and, and many students. Uh, but you need to mean something. You cannot be a loser. So you need to distinguish yourself. Or that compelling requirement, especially in the West, that you must possess something, those things that someone else has, that nice house, uh, that special furniture, or the holiday trip, or whatever, you name it. And that, while many people don't have anything at all. Well, maybe you think that I am not fair with society, or with Western society. Uh, there is a lot more to say. But anyhow, these requirements uh, are not just a, a feature of culture. Um, they are part of ourselves. They are deep inside the desire to be seen. And I'm not speaking here to you that I know everything and I, I, I don't have these this, this questions. No, I have them. It's, it's in me as well. Uh, the desire to be seen, the fear that we are not good enough, the fear that a different choice may uh, have been better. Is this the right cho choice that I have done so far in my life? We suffer from a demanding eye. And if you think about boredom, people can get bored. Uh, when I was a young boy, I was bored sometimes, awfully. 
And now people can be bored as well, but in a different way. Uh, the awareness that we are not useful, useful enough, that's a new type of boredom, that we miss something special, that everything is so ordinary. Well, when the Apostle Paul, if the Apostle Paul heard this, he would no doubt say, you live under a law. The law, you are not under grace. You are actually slaves. You don't live in freedom. Well, the situation of the congregation in Galatia was different from that of our society, of course. The Galatians have come to faith, but through the back door, they, um, they wanted also to bring back their identity through the law, the Jewish laws and precepts. They sought support again by this, although they knew Christ. So these kind of regulations acted as hidden demands. And the apostle is angry about this. Actually, he, he, he says it in the letter. Who bewitched you? You have lost your mind. Well, perhaps if the apostle um, had been in our midst, he could say the same to us, to me. Who bewitched you? You force yourself, as we say in Dutch, in a thousand bands to meet the demands of time and laws, um, to meet the demands of time and the laws you impose on yourself, which make you tired and stressed and even burn out. You have sneaked in again the law. So, Maybe there is a moment that we can think uh, in ourselves, we can uh, think uh, uh, through what makes us tired today, what exhausts us, what makes, makes us sometimes angry or depressed. Now maybe you say, well, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what you are speaking about. Um, that's not me. Uh, but I wonder. I, 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 I think that, that we all recognize something of that. Um, now you may say, of course, yes, but the law that the Apostle mentioned uh, in the Galatians letter, um, that's the law, the Jewish law, that's the Torah, that's the good law that God imposed on Israel through Moses. We have read this through um, the media mediation of the angels. It was put in the hand of the, of the mediator uh, through, uh, to Moses, and Moses handed it over to the people. Well, the congregation in Galatia consisted of Jewish Christians who didn't want to put aside the Torah, the good law of God. And you may say, that's quite different from the hidden demands and laws in, in, in our society, in Western society or in Asian society. And you are right. That's true. Yet the apostles' warning and explanation can help us, I'm sure. And in fact, I don't think there is a letter we need more today than the Galatians letter. Let's listen to what the Apostle says. He says, the law was given to the people as a kind of caretaker or home teacher, a guardian. 
yeah, you have to look for words. It, it, in, in Greek, it, it says paidagogos, a pedagogue. Um, you can consider it like a private master, an au pair, who instructed the children and had to look after them. So he made sure that the children behaved decently. If they, they don't behave, if they didn't behave, they were punished, of course. Uh, children were in awe of such a caretaker. They had to do what he said. If they obeyed properly, they got a reward. So then they were allowed to play, maybe, or to get something tasty. But you feel that such a, go a God also provoked inner resistance. The more the master threatened and punished, the more they hated him. Well, that's the image that the Apostle Paul uses here. He says, so the law acts like a kind of caretaker, as a guardian. As long as we didn't believe in Christ, and we obeyed, actually for two reasons. Um, the one reason is the fear of punishment and the desire for reward or advantage. Um, that's the other reason. So, uh, actually, you, you, you seek advantage, you seek a reward, and, and that's why you want to do things or to obey or, or you fear the punishment. And I believe, I, I think, in, in our world it's not very different. It works the same way. We do something to be rewarded or for advantage. For example, it's what I said, to be in the picture, um, to be praised, to experience happiness, or out of fear. Maybe the fear that we are not good enough. Maybe the fear that we uh, make the wrong choices and therefore we are not happy. And it is the fear that society will punish us. Or maybe you, you even can think that God punishes you for not being a better person. Well, the Apostle Paul says, if you behave like this, you are not free. It does not change your heart. Deep down, you are not yourself. It's not you who obeys. You are still in prison. You run up against walls, walls of the demands of the law, and it makes you so tired, so restless, so agitated. It lets resistance grow and anger or sadness. My dear friends, beloved brothers and sisters, do you recognize that you still have to keep so much going? For example, in your family or in, in the church or in, in, at work and you study. And sometimes you feel yeah, I, I must do it, but I, I, actually I can't. I can't make it all. There are so many fragments in life that I have to keep up. And who can do it? Who then can deliver us from this kind of bondage, bondage of the law? Now, I, I, I want to quote something from Martin Luther. You may know Martin Luther, um, that he, he was fond of the Galatians letter. He taught a lot about this letter. He, he made sermons about it. And he, he, he wrote a book about this. And Martin Luther in his explanation of this passage says, 
when we are shut up in a house, something, and so, sorry, when, when we are shut up, for example, in a house and we cannot go out, uh, someone who is strong can force the door or can break the wall or even can remove the whole house and then we would be free. And many people think that, that this is how true freedom will come. And I think we, we know how it works, as, as Luther says. Uh, you hate those pinching walls more and more. And when they, there are no more obstacles, when they are removed, you feel, yes, now, now I'm free. Um, you can do your own thing. Don't let anything and anyone tell you anymore what to do. That annoying caretaker has to be fired. Something like this kind of, of, of thinking or feeling. And we all understand. And for many people, it's the ultimate uh, idea uh, of freedom. But sooner or later, people have to experience that the slave is within themselves, that they do not lose the hidden demands. You cannot get rid of the caretaker so easily. I think some of you may know or, or may uh, are, are rather familiar with the works of uh, Richard Dawkins. Dawkins, a biologian, atheist, who worked in Oxford. He's still alive, I believe, um, but retired, I guess. Um, some years ago, he had put or let put an ad, uh, advertisement, uh, advertising phrases on buses in England. Uh, it, it goes like this. Don't worry. There is no God. So do what your heart tells you to do. But people in London, well, they saw it on the buses, the advertisements, uh, but people in London con continued to obey fashion or desire for possessions or work on their reputation. So they remained slaves to themselves. Um, so, no, says Luther, Luther, true liberation is not to break the walls or to change your position. No, it's something uh, different uh, is, is happening uh, and must happen. And namely this, to love and to admire the house uh, in, in, in which you are present. How is that, that possible? And that's only possible through an inner spiritual change. That's what Christ does. He, he doesn't remove the walls. He, he does not um, remove the house so that you can do what you like. Uh, but he, he makes it uh, spacious and lovable. And, and then you see uh, how, how, what, what, what is the place where you are. It's, it's beautiful and you want to live there. He causes you to love freely and joyfully through his spirit. And then suddenly you see how beautiful and spacious the houses where you are. Now you are doing everything spontaneously, freely. It's really you who does it. Christ does not remove the law. He will make you love it with all your heart. For the law does not want to be done simply. 
simply. No, it wants to be loved. And love sets us free. Love binds voluntarily, spontaneously, cordially. And that is why Christ came. When he came and he, he brought us under the bondage of his word, the caretaker was not fired. The guardian was not sent home. No, he became our friend and beloved. Like Psalm 119 sings, I love your law. How much I love your law. So Christ sets us free by faith when we surrendered uh, our life to him. And, and when we did this, and when we were baptized to him, and I hope and I pray that's what happened to you, that you may know that, that he really changed you and your heart, your inner self. And that's what the apostle says. It's like getting new clothes. He clothed us with his righteousness. Um, so that you may um, live in, in the right way for God and for people. And he took our tattered, our worn out coats and, and he put it on himself. That's what he did. And that's wonderful. Now you may ask, why was the law there then from the time of Moses? Uh, Luther, Martin Luther, following the Apostle Paul, says, well, that's what he explains here in this part. The law is given to keep us safe, to make uh, our life livable, in order not to let the world sink into chaos. And I believe in this respect, nothing has, has changed. The law is still there, it's in society. And also the Ten Commandments, well, more hiddenly and and sometimes you feel it's on the edge how it works in society. But it's still there, fortunately. And, um, and there is something good in, in working, of course, and studying, of course. There is something good in achieving something, in building your career, and in longing for happiness. And if we forsake the good law, law of God, there will be chaos, decay, quarrel, and separation. And then creation suffers under the greed of man. But the, Lord, the law cannot change us. And Luther says it has its second function. It, it, we need a second function of the law. The, the law shows that we are not righteous. We, we fail, we fall short. It is not a happy message. We are looking, uh, as, uh, as it were, uh, in, in the mirror... And like in the early morning when you just got out uh, uh, of bed after a, not, an, uh, uh, not a good uh, sleep and then you see and you look in the mirror and say, oh, that's awful how I see myself. And a, a bit, the law is, is something like this. It exposes our selfishness and greed. But we cannot change unless we admire, admit our pride our longing to keep control, unless we confess our limitedness and, and sin. And that's what David did in, in Psalm 32. We have read, we have heard this psalm, beautifully read by Sarah. And, and you, you see how, how the, the poet, how David is wrestling. He tried to hide himself, uh, and, and himself. 
and he tried to uh, to keep up his, his self control, but there was a burning fire inside of him, and 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 the and the fire was was growing, and he he could not hide it, and then he he just expressed it to God. God, that's what I am, and I bring it to you. I I confessed my sins. Um. The more we hide ourselves in our self-made identity, the more we become tired and stressed. Unless, as Christ says, we give up our life and may receive another one in him. So he, and only he, can change us from the inside. And that's so beautiful and joyful. Well, our, our society and my reference is especially the Western society. We all live now in the Western society, although you come from different societies, of course, and it works a bit different in other societies. But the Western society puts all cards on freedom. Freedom in sexual orientation, uh, freedom in decisions about the unborn, unborn life, or when you are tired of life, uh, at the moment, there is a big discussion on the freedom uh, of um, education, especially for young children. It's quite some discussion if, if this freedom can be kept. But society is coming under a new, maybe a liberal or a humanist or whatever, uh, joke, a joke. The demands of the age are merciless. They do not change us. They do not uh, arouse a free and, and merry life. Moreover, they separate people from each other. So much dividedness today. And how important is it then that, that the apostle says that in Christ there is no division. That in, in him it does not matter whether you are a man or wife, Jew or Gentile. Uh, or whatever position you have in society, gender does not count, or origin, or social position, or nationality. That's what verse 28 says. It's all one in, in him. He brings together. People who are so different in, in, in culture and in tradition um, and in um, their original family uh, relations. And that's the, also the beauty of ICF, coming together with so many people uh, from different uh, origins. One in Christ. Well, let me just make my last point. Christ makes us free and merry. Only Christ can really change us. But that's what Adam and Eve and Abraham and Moses and all the Jewish people all the people in, in the Old Testament had to learn. They saw it from far. It's not that they were saved by keeping the law and now we can be saved by, by faith. No. They had to look at him who was promised. The descendant of Abraham, the Messiah. He made us free to love and obey God freely and joyfully. And, and Actually, also, Abraham also had to see him, and he saw him from far with the eyes of faith. And because he has kept God's law perfectly, Christ the Messiah, he, he bore the penalty for our disobedience. And through him, God does not impute our iniquity, as Psalm 32 says. 
And let's be joyful about that. Christ solved the people of his day. And you may ask, yeah, but what, I, what do I have to do? What, what, what does this, this sermon and this service um, demand? What does it demand to me also and to us today? Well, let's look at Christ when he solved the people of his day, weary and burdened as they were, restless and hurried, hurried on. Because they could not meet the demands. Okay, these were religious demands in the society at that time. And our demands in our time are different, maybe. Our time shows a merciless culture that makes us tired and old. Christ also sees you, sees you and me, you and all of us. And he is waiting for you to come, to confess your fatigue your pain, your guilt. You don't have to bring your achievements, your reputation, your possessions. You may come with your doubt, your unruly, frayed, broken life. And hear his invitation, as we will hear it soon, when he invites us to his table. And he says... And he looks at all of us. Come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my joke upon you and learn from me that I am meek and humble of heart. And you will find rest for your soul. Amen. Let's be quiet for a moment. And maybe have a small prayer in ourselves. Dear Lord, we want to thank you for your invitation because we believe that you only can change our heart and will you do it again and again in order not to be put under a a yoke of modern or maybe not so modern society on the hidden demands and requirements And again, we want to say, we want to give our life to you. Because you are the only one who can transform us, change change us from the inside. So we praise and honor your name. Glory to you. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.